0: Today's podcast sponsor is Hubert Engineered Woods. And I want to talk to you about zip sheathing and why we use zip sheathing. I know you've heard me talk about it on the podcast before, but I thought let's just lay it out in the simplest of forms. Number one, when I install it properly, I tape the seams, I liquid flash the seams, I manage for water with my windows, I do I I use their products. I don't have to worry about water. There are times when we install drywall inside of a house. And we don't have cladding on the outside because they know zip system is going to be waterproof. So that's number one. Number two, I can manage for air. So using zip system sheathing on the walls, my like last five houses we built were all below passive house levels of air leakage. They were all below that 0.6 ACH-50. And we're not putting that much effort into air sealing we're just making sure that we tape well which we manage for water. we manage for air and the last five houses that i've built all had zip r because that continuous insulation that comes adhered to the back of my zip sheeting that i'm already putting up and installing now i have continuous r value that i get the whole r6 or the r9 or r12 whatever it is i don't see building any other way it works for us. It can work for you. Make sure you go to Huberwood.com and check them out. And Huber, thanks for sponsoring the podcast.
1: Hello, Bill the Podcast. Steve Basic here, live with good friends Jake and Pete. Howdy, everybody. So, this week... You are in for a treat, because this could very well be our best ever podcast.
2: Life-changing. Life-changing experience. I'm glad I'm here. So,
1: now, today, the topic is innovation. So, we're going to go around the table, and we're going to talk about what innovation has impressed us, or we just feel compelled to talk about. But, before we do that, a message from me. About innovation.
2: <laughs> I'm at literally, I'm at the edge of my seat.
1: So, one of the interesting things about innovation that I've come to understand because <laughs> I did a project where one of my clients was about as deep into innovation the idea of innovation as anybody. He's written books on it, um, and he heads up a program at a very um, outstanding college where they talk about entrepreneurship and innovation. But what he explained to me was that I found very interesting is that innovation is not a product, although we tend to link it to products. Mm, But innovation is really a discipline. It is the way that our company or we personally choose to think about things to become innovative, right? So he used the uh, example... Example of uh, the uh, what's the one cup coffee maker Kruger or Keurig 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 was his example. He said most people think the innovation was this coffee pot. He goes, no, the innovation was the idea of how do we make a singular cup of coffee. Mm. That was the innovation. The coffee pot was just the vehicle.
0: Hmm. It It was was the solution to the question exactly.
1: So as we move forward, and that's why you know ever since. Doing that project with him, one of the things that I always tell people in the building industry is that, you know, when you're building your next project, it should be built a little differently than the last one. Because if you truly have a discipline of innovation, then you're always striving to be a little bit better than you were. And so you're going to reflect on the last project you did and figure out what areas can we become maybe just a little bit better and be innovative in the next project so understanding that discipline so take that away that's the end of my personal message and now on to jake where he is going to talk about his innovative product that he wants to talk about
0: so mine falls underneath that that same idea of what's the solution to the question and uh you know we we were using Zip sheathing for a while. And just so we're clear, I realize I'm about to talk about a product from Huber and they're a sponsor. They didn't ask us to talk about this. This is my product that I would choose. It's one of the
2: reasons that we choose to work. With and Huber. I think it's important to recognize that that you, you truly believe, regardless yeah. of who our sponsor is, that this is a product of innovation. Yep. yep.
0: Uh, so we were using zip sheathing. And then we started thinking more about uh, or worrying more about warming the walls. The code starts to have a, I think it was 15, the code revision was uh, there were allowances for exterior insulation for my climate zone. Yep.
2: 2015, first time, I believe.
0: Uh, And so we're climate zone four. So I don't need a ton of insulation on the outside in most of our projects. I don't need, you know, R20 outboard. But I needed exterior insulation to try to warm up the framing members to try to reduce condensation in the wall or risk of condensation in the wall. We should always say it like that risk of something happening because it doesn't mean that it's going to happen because you can do things poorly and the the thing not still happen. Uh, And the first thing I thought was there's just one more trip around the outside. How are we going to fasten our siding over top of that? How are we going to fasten that insulation to the outside? And. We immediately went to using ZipR because it felt like a much simpler solution. That it, it comes almost—I guess the way I think of it—is pre-packaged. My exterior insulation is pre-packaged with something else that I'm already going around and putting on. And in our market, we're not using the the R12 generally, so R9, R6, R3, which we have—we actually have only used R9 and R6. We don't even have to change the fasteners that we're using for our framing. We don't have to buy a special gun. We don't have to do special things to get our
2: shear out of our panels. Uh, so I didn't should... realize that. You don't you didn't change your sheeti- your yeah. fasteners? Well, or... we,
0: we use the nails that we already have on site for
2: dimensional lumber
0: to put sheathing on now instead of using eights that yeah. we would normally yeah. put sheathing on with. But we didn't have to, like, upgrade a gun to a different fastener. We don't have to do anything special to get the the sheer, sheer value thing like that, you know, when you get to the R12, that's when the whole game starts to change and maybe it becomes less of a selling point for me when you get to that level. Um, uh, but just so for anybody that doesn't know Zip R, it is the zip sheathing panel with a poly ISO foam already adhered to the back of it before I hear anybody complain about it. Every framer that I've worked with on it is like, yeah, but the, the crap starts to fall apart after you've been cutting on it. Yeah, because they're not fully adhering the foam to the panel because it doesn't need to be. It just needs to be held together long enough for you to get it on the wall, and then you're nailing it together so it doesn't matter. Uh, But I think it's a a very simple and elegant solution to the exterior insulation game. And I I have a – you're hard-pressed if you're just trying for, you know, less than R10 on the outside. You'd be
2: hard-pressed to convince me that there's a simpler solution that – so, do you started. think that the, the original innovation of Zip was well built upon by adding Zip R?
0: Yeah, they took something that we fully believed in right. and then
2: just tucked some insulation behind it and resolved that problem for us. And to me, every time you combine a function successfully, that's like just a smart thing to do. And that's what they did structure, weather resistor barrier, air control layer. And then added continuous exterior insulation. I think what's interesting though is you said that you know exterior insulation to warm the sheathing, and that's not to warm wa- the wall. To warm the wall, yeah, okay. Not
0: th- I was careful to not say she.
2: Oh, I see. Yeah, good because we <laughs> get that a lot. Like, hey, wait a minute, aren't you not warming the sheathing because you reversed it? We're not, but it's outside. And, and, it's, it's and so far out there. And to be very clear. Um, I feel pretty strongly that as you move from zip to zip bar, there's even more reason to make sure you use ventilated uh, cladding systems because you've made the sheeting colder, yep. and therefore it needs to be able to dry out even more readily. Yep. Drain and
0: dry. Drain and dry? Yeah, you were careful to say ventilated. Oh, I and love so it, it when just
2: you alliterate. Rain screen. It's just, it just rolls off your oh, tongue, handsome you Jake. <laughs> I, You know what I did? I did that as a prompt. Like, I can rile him a little bit. And there you go. What's your cut on Zippar?
0: Yeah, Mr. Pissy.
2: What's your quote? What's your?
1: (laughs) So, I mean, it is the next logical step, right? They took a weather-resistant barrier and integrated it to the structural panel. And then they asked, well, what's next in this level of um, evolution? And it would be adhering a rigid insulation to the outside and putting it up. So you're, what you've effectively done is you've taken three trips around the building and made it one. Mm -hmm.
0: So I would also make the argument not to suckle at the teat of Huber too much. They haven't made anything that I don't believe in at this point. mm -hmm. If they don't make a product that I'm like, yeah, that's not for us. I'm not, I don't
2: think that's going to work. I am. Yeah. But you know, we, we, I do want to point out that we tend to have soft spots for product manufacturers that practice systems thinking and hire really good people that understand building science. And, provide and, not, great all yeah, and great well, not all companies do that. Yeah, and great technical support. Not all
1: companies do that because Huber went to Joe when it's they true. were in their yeah. infancy and said, This is what we're thinking. What should we be doing? And they worked alongside the best building scientists in North America to develop the product.
2: And do you ever get projects where you say, ah, this isn't a good fit for ZipR or get pushed to an alternative system? We have
1: some times where we can't. I mean, the, the, the engineer will give me the... We can use ZipR here if you really, really want to, but it's going to take some challenges and some additional hardware.
2: So when you don't, it's because of structural concerns. Or if
1: you wanted to make it easy on yourself and the builder, this 12 feet of wall should just be regular set.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Jake, you ever? We have a hard time pushing it in renovation situations because Mm. a lot of our renovations aren't an energy upgrade as well. Interesting. And then, you know, obviously you can't add inch and a half thick sheathing, sheathing next to 716 sheathing and expect things to coplane. So as much as we try to argue for energy efficiency being a goal of every project, it's not. And that that it, it drops off real quick because it's not the cheapest product out there.
2: Yeah. You know. And we get a lot of questions about whether or if or when it can be used on roof systems. And it's a no-no. It's a no no, but it certainly is something I think that Huber has been trying to work on pretty hard, you know, because there's such interest in Zip Bar on the Roof.
1: Okay. Not that I don't love Huber, but we need to move on. So, Jake, you're off. Peter, you're on.
2: So, I'm going to come back. You know, people probably know that I've
1: sliced bread.
2: I'm supposed to do it on sliced bread? <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I sorry. interrupted. Okay. I can go back to aero barrier. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go back to aero barrier because I still think that this is just, it, it, it sounds frankly, just so crazy ass. So what is aero barrier? It's that you take these um, spray heads, locate them inside the building, protect some surfaces, and we'll come back to that in a second, and you sort of, make into an aerosol a liquid sealant and adhesive. And because the particles are so tiny, they sort of hang in the air colloidally um, supported by air molecules. And they only adhere when they're running past a surface, which is an air leak. And so they pressure you pressurize the building with the blower door to 100 pascals, and it goes and finds all the nooks and crannies, and you get air sealing around that system. And so the the turbulent flow through a pathway
0: is what causes them to bounce around enough to grab something to stick to.
2: And the first one grabs as it runs past, the next one grabs to that one, and you eventually uh, uh, span whatever that hole or crack was, and you fill it with a high-performance adhesive, an acrylic adhesive. And yes, you do have to protect certain surfaces. Now, I think the real innovation is yet to come because it's mainly being used in new construction, but there are aero barrier contractors who have said, hey, if it's in between sales, like, you know, the building's empty, Empty. Th- can we protect enough surfaces? There's more of them to protect than an unfinished building. And the only way I know to comprehensively air seal an existing building is probably using spray foam and quite a bit of it. And there are a lot of people that are interested in improving the airtightness of buildings. And aero barrier for retrofit, I think, is the real nut to crack.
0: And so um,
2: you, you're alluding to the surface protection
0: one of the main surfaces in a uh, an empty but finished building would be the floor. Absolutely, right? and because the stuff hangs in the air, but then when they turn the fan the fans off, the pressure off, it's going to sink. It's going to fall to the ground,
2: and it's sticky. That's why it works in the wall. And you do have to do substantial prep for even new construction, but you definitely have to do a lot more for residential. Um, I have to admit that I bought a. One of a duplex unit just recently. And I thought, oh, I can use aero barrier for, because I knew there was significant air leakage we had to uh, correct. However, it's a duplex. And I can't convince the neighbor, of course, that she needs to pack up all her stuff and move out in order, because the, they're... Essentially, the Arab contract said, There's no way I'm going to do this if I have to protect her unit as well. And but so, this is
0: a you bought, uh, not to give too much away, you bought in a retirement community. Can't you just wait her out? How many days does she have left? <laughs> wow.
2: I how sure old, hope that this, this <laughs> episode never gets really popular because um, I haven't even met her yet. My wife has. Um, no, it's a well-constructed unit, but there's a lot of improvements in air sealing, and I'm going to have to go after them one, one by one. I will say this finally, though. My really main concern about deep energy retrofits that are responding to climate change and reducing carbon is that you have to control bulk water first and air control second. And it, I'm really worried about deep energy retrofits that that – are gonna really insulate buildings tightly, but not adequately air seal as part of managing the relationship between energy and moisture. So I think aero barrier has incredible potential. I just wanna close out by saying, but I'm very concerned about the durability of the bond across all these different surfaces and materials that you're gonna have to span in new construction, but even more so in residential construction. So we're actually engaged in wing nut testing um, Nate Gusikoff is a new close friend of mine and colleague. Um, he's going to be taking over the wing nut testing. He's moved it to a wing nut testing collective and, uh, more news on that in about a month and a half, um, and a website to boot, to go with it. So the, um, uh, Lawrence Berkeley labs
0: did a study in 2012 that was just a, like a survey of heating and cooling costs in the United States. And their conclusion was at, at the energy rates, averaged for the country at that time, if all existing residential buildings went to one ACH 50 or under, that there would be 22 to $24 billion in energy savings.
2: So that retrofit market could be absolutely enormous in the long run. And an Arab area is not going after it now because they're just going gangbusters yeah. on new construction. But um, yeah, this could be a game changer for Um, such huge energy savings, but also doing it safely because that's one of my big worries.
0: And while they haven't been around very long,
2: uh, when they were first
0: kind of taking hold in the market, Owens Corning put a quite a bit of effort behind them, right? And did a ton of like cycle testing and lab testing on the products, and they fully believe that this stuff is a. It's going to last as long as any other sealant that you could possibly put in the house. So, like, we have a 50-year product, potentially. Uh, and I thought it was really interesting that, like, I asked one of the guys that owns Corning, why why are you – they're not your company. You don't own them. Why are you putting – why are you helping them? Yeah. And he said, well, we make air permeable insulation. Oh, yeah. The wall's yeah. not leaking any air. Air permeable insulation doesn't really matter anymore. We can go back to doing that, and we can stop doing spray foam. I'm mm. like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah. that's a good investment for so them. So it wasn't
2: just a goodwill. <laughs>
0: it wasn't self. I mean, it was self-serving. It, was, it wasn't It was <laughs> selfless. Uh, but, I mean, Steve and I did it on uh, two different projects together. One of them was uh, my house, and we, like, separated our house from the office office. Uh, And we retested and both of them were doing really well a year and a half in. And then we retested the other house that we did and the numbers hadn't really shifted either. So at least in a, you know, the other house is what, two and a half years old. Uh, And we hadn't noted, we had no discernible difference in the numbers. So.
2: Well more on the testing uh, Nate and I are developing, because I think it's pretty clever and I think it's going to be answering that question relatively quickly. Um, But to Arrowberry's question, credit they chose a very high performance not inexpensive uh acrylic sealant to base the whole system on yeah so. and we should note
0: they are a previous sponsor of the podcast as well just full disclosure here. full disclosure
2: what do you think steve Trying sleepy sleepy time tea did you have some
1: no you guys just bore me
2: oh thanks <laughs> you, you cut me to the quick my my friend nope yep. I'm, I was, I'm passionate about this. Come on. Okay. Why don't you move on to your innovation so we can show you the appropriate level of enthusiasm?
1: Oh, yeah. Because what I'm about to say really enthuses you.
0: Well, it would if we were 13-year-old
2: girls. We'd be more excited about what you're about to talk about. You know, it wasn't until just now really that I remembered exactly what yours was going to be. <laughs>
0: No, I am excited to talk about what you're going to talk about.
1: So mine, I didn't pick a building product necessarily. I picked what has come online fairly strong, what, maybe the last five years, I would say. Um, and it's become a informational transfer innovation. And you know it is Instagram. So, you know.
0: Instagram is uh, an internet thing. Pete, where you can share photos and content with it. It's like Facebook without all the racism.
2: And what's Facebook? Yeah.
1: <laughs> what's what's the one that uh, Coach of the Patriots always says? He always says it wrong. In, Belichick? No, like it's not MySpace or it's uh, something. But he always says it wrong <laughs> intentionally. He knows exactly.
2: Yeah. Oh what he's yeah, yeah, about,
1: yeah. But he just says it like, yeah. I don't. I don't pay attention to any of that stuff. He <laughs> But anyways, yeah, social, it's, it's one of those social media programs. Um, but, but Instagram, if used wisely, I mean, with any system, you get the, the kind of good part of the system and you're always going to be left with some bad parts of the system. Um, you know, the beauty of Instagram is that we can share information and make friends literally around the world. Right. I mean, we have people that
0: shout out to Brad Sanford in in Australia.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly. But, or, uh, (coughs) Tom tonsil Papa out in Korea, Mm -hmm. who's building some pretty cool houses. Um, but how many, how many countries are we in here? Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. 25, 30 countries.
0: I think the last time that we looked, it was over 40.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So over 40 different countries, and and part of that is obviously the podcast but part of it is is instagram and being able to get out there and into this network of people and share information so you know this guy the the sanford dude out in australia you know he follows us he's putting together projects that are using some of the ideas that he's found on instagram You know, there's tons of people sharing information. We're making new friends. For me, working around the country, it helps me find. You know, hey, wow, look at this builder in Colorado. He's doing pretty cool stuff. If I ever get a project out there, certainly he's worth the phone call, or wherever. Um, So it's uh, it's it's been a really really good tool um, to get your message out there. And given that the three of us spend a a really good amount of time sharing information, then that's just another medium to get that information out there and share it and, you know, lift all boats. So
0: I think it's uh, an amazing platform. And I make the joke about Facebook. We've had this discussion before. The reason that I think Instagram is such a positive environment compared to Facebook is Facebook allows you to just go, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to share it. Mm-hmm. So you can click two buttons and share an article from a magazine or, or someone else's comment or someone else's content very easily. So when somebody shares that, you can go, well, that's a stupid article. That's stupid. But on Instagram, you can't share somebody else's stuff very easily. It's, it's It actually takes quite a bit of talent to, or, or specific apps to be able to take an article and post it to your page without you just having to like copy it out or, or write it up. So you're sharing yours. So people are more hesitant to go, well, that's stupid or that's short-sighted, you know, it's much more easy to criticize something that someone shared that was somebody else's content than it is their own content. And that kind of drives, I think, that that initially, at least for most people on Instagram, makes it seem like a very <clears> different place. And the second you have created a supportive environment, sky's the limit for what people can do with a supportive environment that is globally, uh, you know, it's global. Like we, we have... Just like we were talking about Brad from Australia, I've learned stuff from him because it's like, well, we don't have that building material. What if I had to do it like that? You know, Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. It's a really interesting thing. And to be honest, our endeavor into Instagram when I first started was I got on there and saw a couple builders. Like I got on because somebody said, oh, you should check this out. And I saw a couple builders and they were putting up content helping other people. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like they get to share stuff. I was like, I should get on there and share stuff. I like I have these conversations every day with my employees about how to do X or how to do Y and and the Y behind it. I should put that online and just see if it if anybody else learns anything from it. And my entire approach to Instagram is still that. And yet it helps my business. Like it helps my building company to get online and try to educate others in the industry about our failures or our successes or our methods and all it's done is made me look like a professional and we have a better introduction when somebody calls, cause they've already looked us up online. They've found me on Instagram and they went, Oh, this guy knows what he's doing. Even if
2: it's just perception. And I don't know. May I step into the fray? <laughs>
0: if, if you can tell me what your Instagram handle
2: is, I think it's building right. Peter. It is. Yeah. Dang.
1: It <laughs> <he> does exist. <laughs> so,
2: um, I think it's fantastic. I think that every time I come across something, an element of the internet that accelerates information transfer, that's incredibly exciting, but it's incredibly dangerous at the same time. And so, there's I think- no, meaning there's no check and balance to what well, yeah. Up. So, I, I I distinctly remember when I well, my wife and I were. Um, we have, we have two children by adoption, and the term adoption is sort of cold, and that it, to us, it didn't represent what we were going through in, in adopting our first daughter. And so I went on the internet, which was quite new at the time, and I found the... Uh, Chicago Etymological Etymological Society, which etymology is the study of word origins. And I just typed in, hey, I'm going to become a father by adoption, and I'm wondering in other cultures or other countries if you have a different term for it. And I sent it out. And in less than a week, I got 30 responses from all over the world about, oh, that's really interesting, because in our country we use this term. And it, it connected me in a way almost instantaneously that either never would have happened in a different environment or would have taken a long, long time and a lot of effort. At the same time, we have the posting of the beheading of a journalist that goes worldwide. So, you know, it's a tool that has incredible power, but just like anything, it can be used for incredible good or incredible evil. Mm -hmm. And um, so... You know, you mentioned that Instagram is um, information transfer. Okay, it's not knowledge transfer, so it should be the start of a journey. But I, I'm really concerned that for a lot of people, they think the whole journey can happen on their freaking phone, and that scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, so and
0: it could, but it might
2: not. Well, as How a do you so it? as a tool. You know, if you use the tool well and properly, like you guys do, you know, I think it's a, an amazing thing. But I really, really worry. And I know that what happens is that people think they can complete the trans, complete the movement from information to knowledge on their phone. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. But the problem I, that I have with that line of thought is you go to conferences. Mm-hmm. You've heard bad people speak at conferences. Yep that you don't stop going to conferences, right? So with any level of information movement, you're going to be at the risk of getting bad information.
2: But the level of commitment it takes to go to a conference is real different than flipping over and pulling up Instagram. Which makes me
1: even more aggravated when I walk into the room (laughs) and the person puts this up and go, I can't believe I'm in here.
0: (laughs) I knew that's where you were at.
1: Right? So my investment is you know, a thousand fold than Instagram. And now I'm paying the penalty because I got to sit through an hour and a half of this knucklehead.
0: And you could make the argument that like, the magazine publications have an editor, have a, a staff that's probably reviewing but things, all but they that still that put, the put end stuff they up. Sit
1: there and go, yeah, I would have never done it that way.
0: There was a, in there's a stack of uh, a certain magazine in our office. Actually, it's a mix of. I know why a lot.
1: Did you sign your own article and have this stack of <laughs> magazines
0: every. <laughs> the one that on I signed is framed. Don't don't kid yourself. <laughs> uh, but my senior project manager said yesterday hey did you read that and i was like no i haven't read that one yet and he said there's an article about this in there and i was like okay and he was like are they not paying attention to the way anybody else in the industry is doing it that nobody's doing it like that now and that's a big old waste of time i was like man if you have a project manager at the company going what the hell are you guys doing and not even the the upper people in a company that are supposed to be the ones that are in you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. if everybody is catching it It's the same thing. Well, there's got to be, you have to look at it with the right eye to figure it out.
2: And there's no denying that this definitely is an excellent choice for innovation. It's it's clearly I have a personal problem because I just don't like the physical activity of being on my phone and sort of that tied to it. So I'm super glad that you guys have a different attitude towards this and that you tolerate my curmudgeon i I was going to use the word curmudgeon too that's funny Um, i was going to use
1: much worse but i'll live with curmudgeon at the moment
2: it's funny because this is the one element of my relationship with steve that we struggle with the most because i know that you really want me to really i thought it was the
0: aggressive back rubs well
1: i i find it i find it highly (laughs) ironic that one of the most innovative intelligent people i know thank you <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't want anything to do with a platform to share information. I, I'm baffled.
0: Yeah. Wah, wah.
1: And it's not. I mean, you you do whatever you want. That's the beauty of America. Um, it's just I'm not looking at it as the deficiency or the lack of <laughs> what you get out of it. What I'm looking at is an industry that could still benefit from reading something you write every day and you choose not to. And that's fine. I keep it in suspense, I say.
0: So <laughs> the comments in the YouTube video should be votes as to whether or not you think Peter should no. quit <laughs> being an old fart and start using his. You can do it on the computer. I can show you how to do it on the computer. You're OK with a computer. The confuser? Do you call it the confuser when nobody
2: else is around?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you call it the internets with an S on the end of
2: it? Again, I am so glad that you tolerate my lack of enthusiasm. Yeah,
1: you can Peter on MySpace
2: at uh, <laughs> Peter MySpace. Oh, Pete's cool <laughs> Thanks for enabling my well, bad behavior.
1: The, the AOL, what was the original messenger?
0: Oh, uh, no, it could be on Netscape, too.
1: Yeah. So... <laughs>
2: So cool. Uh, That's pretty, that's three very different. And we we came up with these completely independently and we covered quite a spectrum.
0: So chances are, if you're listening to this podcast and you've listened to a few before this, you knew about all three of these things. The idea here is to share our thought process and how we feel about things to encourage you to have the same thought process and find a way to be inspired by something as simple as exterior insulation aerosolized sealant or the internet
1: you know how about this one we you know a lot of times we do q and a's but for for this one why don't you as listeners in the comments write what you think are some innovative ideas and or practices and then
0: in the the building industry
1: in the building industry and then in the future We'll take maybe the top three, four, five of those. Cool. Comments and we'll do a podcast on what our listeners think.
2: And maybe even tell you why you're wrong.
1: There you go. You know, the whether other. Or not we, yeah, we will talk about whether we like it or not.
2: And the one of the interesting things to me about the concept of innovation is I don't remember ever using that word like when I was 20 years old.
1: Oh, now it's like department. Oh, you, this person just got a job heading our department of innovation. So,
2: so. so yeah. I wonder how old the term is, first of all, I want to look that up, but also it's definitely since our lives have accelerated innovation, you know, it's become so much more prevalent in terms of, um, I mean, everybody knows what innovation means, but I'm not sure that everybody would have known in the 1960s. couldn't tell you, I don't remember. It predates you? Yeah. Do you want to take us home, Mr. Host?
1: Um. Well, I don't have an airplane, but I'll take you to the end of it. The...
2: You do like to soar, though.
1: I am soaring, oh, but I'm flying with turkeys most of the time, so it's hard to soar. Um, anyways, I'm Bill Podcast. Steve Basic, Jake Bruin, Peter Yost. We're on YouTube. Go check it out. You can watch us there so you can see all the antics, not just hear them. But you got to hit the subscribe button if you go there, so... Until next time, the three of us, we're out of here. We'll see you again soon. Have a good
2: day. Take care.